and welcome to episode number 18 of the Random Thoughts podcast. That's R-A-N-D-U-M-B Thoughts. I am your host, Darren O'Neill, and on today's show, we're going to be talking about holidays. Why? I would hope it's completely obvious, although I guess you could be listening to this at any time. But as this is being recorded, we are at December 21st, the winter solstice, dead in the middle of what's been now referred to as the holiday season. Because, no, we can't say Christmas because that might offend somebody. And we wouldn't want to offend anybody now, would we? Well, maybe every now and then. And the holiday seasons bring something with them that is always unwanted, and that is stress. What are you going to get your husband or wife for Christmas? What are you going to get your kids, your parents, anybody, your boss? Everybody's hoping they don't screw up and make the wrong choice and get something that people hate. And it becomes a big, stressful nightmare. If you want to know exactly how bad this stressful nightmare may get, you want to check out my friend Larry's podcast called That Larry Show, episode 153, Christmas in Hell, where he goes in depth on a new study that shows what the most deadly day of the year is broken down to the time of that day. And I'll give you a little hint. We're just about to get to that day. So definitely check that out if you want to know what time and what day you're most likely to croak because of this wonderful, wonderful season that is upon us. It's a little bit bittersweet for me as the winter solstice was my grandmother's birthday. She passed away 11 years ago. She would have been 101 today. So we're going to do a little bit of reminiscing about her and also about uh, two other ladies who were really like grandmothers to me. One was my wife's grandmother who passed away the day after Thanksgiving this year. And another was a cousin of my mom who lived just down the road from my wife and I that passed away in February, who was also like another grandmother to me. So we're going to be talking about the holidays, but we're also going to be talking about family, grandmothers, and uh, and the effects that they really have upon your life. Because we all go through life, we only get a certain amount of time, and it's, at some point, we're all going to wind up six feet under. So every now and then, I guess it's good to kind of look back and see where we've gone, see where we've been, and, and kind of figure out where we're going and adjust our priorities accordingly. I mean, think about it. If you are like me as a kid, Christmas was a completely different animal than it is now. Christmas, when I was a kid, was based upon things like the Toys R Us catalog or the Sears catalog. And as you came down to Christmas, the newspapers would get bigger and bigger and bigger with all the different ads of all the things you wanted to choose to put on your Christmas list. And as my parents will attest to, my Christmas lists were epically long, epically crazy. Because as a kid, you want everything. Money doesn't mean anything to you. You don't understand the stress that you're putting upon the people as you make your list that would go into the thousands of dollars range. So you don't understand that, but you want everything. You're looking at things. Christmas is about wanting this, wanting that, having a wish list, thinking about the things you're going to get. And luckily, as I've aged, the Christmas list becomes nearly impossible to make. I mean, it really comes down to the fact that 
Christmas, you realize, at least I did, and hopefully you do as well, that it's more about giving and what you can do for somebody else and the people that you spend the time with that means more than anything that can be bought that will eventually wind up in a landfill. So that is kind of one of the aspects we'll be kind of looking at here because I think if everybody got away from this consumerist part of the of the Christmas holiday, if everybody got away from worrying about what gifts you're going to get for somebody else or what gifts they're not going to get for you, it would probably be a much healthier, happier time of the year. Now, I've had many different experiences on Christmas over the last few years, not the past year or two, but a couple years before that for a few years in a row. My parents and my wife and I decided to go to Vegas for Christmas. Why? Great freaking deals. Uh, and if you can you know, avoid traveling on the busy holidays where you know the airports are completely nuts, it can really be a fun time. I know Sin City is not some people's favorite place to go because it really does prey upon the worst that humanity has to offer, gambling, greed, commercialism. With that said, around the holidays, you can get some really good deals. They have really good food. And as long as you're not an alcoholic or a gambling addict, it's a pretty cool place to visit every now and then, especially if you can bring your family along with you to have that fun experience. But, you know, as a kid, I always remember waiting for, you know, first Christmas Eve, we would go to my one grandmother's house, my dad's mother down in, in the beautiful city of Chicago. And that her house was a whole new experience. It had a big train set downstairs. It was a, you know, a couple different, it was a duplex and it was fun to explore. It was a different place to go. And we'd always go there on Christmas Eve. We get together with my cousins and we would all have a good time. And that I don't remember really any of the gifts that I had gotten from that, those times, but I do remember the fun that we've had and, and one particular Christmas Eve where I was so happy. I was always repulsed by eggnog, never had an interest in eggnog. And there was a year that the eggnog was bad where I was very, very happy to not have consumed while all of my cousins were running to the bathrooms to projectile vomit said eggnog. So Christmas memories, always good. Christmas Day was always done at my parents' house, still is most of the time, although we've had it at my house a few times. The Christmas morning as a kid was always about getting up, you know, five in the morning, six in the morning, as early as can be to go down and see what, was, what presents Santa had brought and put them under the tree. Now, a little side note here, there's been a little bit of a hubbub this week because the UPS store posted a tweet that said, hey, did your kid write a letter to Santa? Drop it off with us. We do shredding. And people went absolutely apeshit, which kind of goes along to show you how crazy people are overall now, how sensitive people are, and how this outrage culture just sparks into high gear at the drop of a hat. I didn't find anything wrong with the tweet. I had to unfollow a few people on Twitter who really had a problem with it. 
but I thought it was a pretty good marketing ploy because one, I don't think there's any children out there that are following the UPS store on Twitter. If they are, they're very unique. <laughs> they're very unique children. And I would like to, uh, I'd like to know who they are. So feel free to reach out to us. If you have a child that's following the UPS store on Twitter and finds what they tweet to be exciting, definitely email us at randomthoughtspodcast at gmail.com because I don't think any children are following the Twitter account. So I didn't really see that what they posted was bad. Of course, they got backlash. Woo! Everybody complained. Woo! Backlash. They deleted the tweet. Oh my God, they had to. They had to retreat and get that tweet off of the internet because they mentioned that you can drop off a letter to Santa and they can shred it for you. I thought it was marketing genius because again, nobody, no kids or adults that believe in Santa. And of course, Santa's real kids. If you're listening, none of them are following the UPS store on Twitter. So I thought it was absolutely a genius maneuver in the fact that there were now a lot of people who maybe didn't know the UPS store did shredding of documents before that now understand that they do. So, you know, again, outrage, culture, stress, people going crazy. Welcome to the holiday season. Now, my mom's cousin, like I said, had passed away. She was fiercely independent, as was my wife's grandmother, as was my grandmother, who would have been 101 today. They're all built out of that same mode. And this is something that I think we're missing. It's interesting as you see the generations go. And now I'm feeling like, you know, that old guy that would be telling the story of back in my day, we used to walk to school uphill in our shoes when it was snowing. You kind of feel like that every now and then. But the generation, a couple of generations before me, because my wife's grandmother just passed away, was in her 90s. My mom's cousin was in her upper 80s. And my grandmother passed away when she was 90. And all of these women had that one thing in common. They were fiercely independent. They didn't want to take you out of your way to do anything. It didn't matter if you were already going to the grocery store. They wouldn't want you to go get their groceries. They would rather pay somebody else to do that rather than inconvenience you, which I always thought was kind of crazy. But it's that mentality. They don't want to put somebody out. They'd rather pay a service rather than, rather than put somebody in the family out, even though you want to do it. Getting them to accept that was always a very hard thing. So, you know, as we look back, you know, now that these, all these women are gone, you know, you see the impact that they made. My wife's grandmother, a absolute badass, as was my mom's cousin, a complete and utter badass. I mean, there was a gun we had to take out of her house when she passed away. And my wife and I went, it was a 22. I mean, it was a little stainless steel 22. It wasn't even a semi-automatic. My wife and I do have FOID cards, so we're legally able to own guns here in the state of Illinois. And we took the gun out to the gun range this week and fired it. It was probably the first time this thing has been fired since the 1960s or maybe 1970s. But, you know, the magazine was loaded in there with the gun. And I mean, it was about the size of you could probably fit the gun, not exaggerating into like a pack of cards, pack of cigarettes kind of thing. That's how little this thing was. 
but it's still fired. And there was a connection, as crazy as that may sound, with this uh, very nice old lady, but again, badass, right? Very fiercely independent, firing her 22 with her bullets. I thought it was just a very cool moment. Now, you may disagree. I mean, if you're one of these anti-gun people, I'm sorry if I'm triggering you. Hey, see what I did there, trigger, gun. But for me, it was a very cool moment and a remembrance as we fired that gun. That's it. You know, it, it's, these, these are the things. You have things in your life that the people that came before you leave you with. Some of them physical. And, of course, you have things that you've learned things that they taught you or things that they used to do. Not a birthday goes by for me that I don't remember my grandmother because no matter when your birthday was, she would find you, get you on the phone, and sing happy birthday. It was just something that she did no matter what. She'd be seeing you probably, you know, when I was a kid, later in the day for a party or whatever, and to have cake. But first thing in the morning, she'd be on the phone. And she'd be singing happy birthday. And that is something that stuck with me. These are the little kind of things. And you, you don't even realize you're learning from that, you know, as a kid and as you go on. But then you kind of see what the point of it was. And you realize that was better than whatever gift you may have gotten. What physical gifts that I've gotten from my grandmother or, you know, really almost anybody. What you get from them as far as a physical gift, don't remember that. I really couldn't tell you at this point off the top of my head any other item that my grandmother ever purchased me for my birthday. I'm sure she always did, or there was always a check. You know how it is. But the thing that stuck with me were those birthday calls with her singing happy birthday and the love and the meaning behind that. And you try to emulate that, at least I do, I guess, as you go along. And nobody's perfect, and sometimes you lose sight of it. But my grandmother was definitely not, would not like the commercialist way that everybody's dealing with Christmas these days. You know, I mean, you look at things. Recently, this, again, outrage culture, there was a radio station, but it was kind of nice to see it was it was all kind of tamped down and people kind of got outraged in the other direction who stopped playing the uh, Dean Martin covered the song, baby it's cold outside. A few other people sang the song as well, but it, it, for a brief time, and I'm sure some people still think so. It really became a, a me too movement song that it's a, you know, a rapey crazy song. It's like, no, it's not. Listen to the lyrics. The only way you could see this song as being offensive in any way, shape, or form is if you want to believe that the woman in the song is a complete and utter nitwit that can't make her own decisions and can't actually walk out the door. This is one thing I guess we're really losing in this day and age, and that's the ability to understand subtext. That's the ability to understand context and to know that flirting exists, to know that the when somebody says, "Hey, do you want to stay?" and she says, "Well, I really shouldn't stay." Oh, come on, you come on, you can. Oh, well, maybe just a maybe just another drink, you know, another half a drink more, whatever the lyric of the song was that the the female singer in the song says. You know, maybe just a cigarette more. So maybe I'll stay just for a little while longer. 
She wasn't doing anything against her will. She always had the ability to walk out the door. And I mean, as any guy can tell you, unless again, we're talking a physical confrontation, when it comes to relationships, women hold the cards. They control the narrative. I mean, there's a lot more guys looking for women than women looking for guys. It's just a fact of life. And I don't know where this insanity has come from to where we have to look at something now like maybe it's cold outside and find a nefarious storyline to put behind it. But this is worrisome to me because this is not the world you want to live in. This is not a world you want to live in where things, as we talked about in the last episode, where speaking out against immigration is going to be illegal in the EU if they go down the, the path that they're talking about, because, you know, we just can't have people disagreeing with the government. We can't, we can't let people say, I mean, you go onto Twitter and you go onto Facebook and the one thing that is common on the socials right now is that speech is being squashed and it's not crazy hate speech. And that's what they want to use as a guise. It's not, they're squashing anything that disagrees with their policies. And that should be scary to anybody on either side. I was listening to Dennis uh, Miller's uh, great podcast. And he said something that was very interesting. He said that he always thought that the social media thing, you know, and that includes all of Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and all those. He always thought that the social media thing would make People who were quirky and had different viewpoints would make them more accessible. It would make people more open to differing points of view. And he's like, what actually seems to have happened was the social medias have become a way for groupthink. I'm paraphrasing now what he said, but it basically has now become a huge group that are all going to browbeat and beat people into submission if they don't believe what they do. So it's very interesting opening up communication to the world. You think you would be getting a wide variety of ideas, but what you really are ending up getting is a very monotone viewpoint on the world that if you don't agree with it, if you, if you don't believe in, in wow, you, don't, you think uh, there should be no borders? <laughs> well, you're crazy. Oh, you don't believe in global warming? Well, you should be jailed. You don't believe that people, this is the insanity that it's coming to. I don't understand why you want to shut down any speech at all because, well, that's how you learn. But I digress. We're talking about the holidays, but these are the kind of things they're going to tell you to avoid talking about. See, I'm going to make that into a segue. Like I actually meant to go into that side of politics and, and the holidays, but we know that's what's going to go on around a lot of dinner tables come Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, New Year's Day. You're going to be mingling with your family and friends. And a lot of people tell you not to talk about politics. And unless it's going to like get somebody shot, I'll go along with that. But otherwise, I think this is the only time that maybe we should be encouraging people to talk about politics and understanding and looking at both sides and not getting caught up in a uh, not getting caught up in trying to browbeat somebody 
into believing what you do. Listen to what they say. You tell them what you feel. And that way, maybe everybody, everybody can kind of learn. It's an interesting thing. The holidays, when you look back at it again, it used to be one thing for me. It used to be all about that Christmas list. And now I find it hard to put anything on a Christmas list. It used to be as a kid, you know, I wouldn't have to be asked. I would just be like, well, give me that sheet of paper. We didn't have computers back then, kids, because, you know, I was born in the dark ages. But I would make a nice long list. And now, you know, my parents still want to get me stuff for Christmas. So it's like, what do you want? It's like I finally came up with a few items just a couple of days ago because it's not something that's easy to do when you're an adult. I mean, you buy the crap you want yourself. And uh, for me, it's always better. I don't know about you. But for me, it's always better if somebody's going to surprise you with a gift. I mean, when you have to give somebody a list, it's nice, but I think it's even better if you can figure out something that somebody wants that maybe they don't even know about or they have no clue that they're getting and would have never bought it for themselves, which is usually key with a lot of these Christmas gift ideas. And it doesn't have to be something that is a ton of money. The thought, it's the thought that counts, right? That's the old saying. And I think that is, that is absolutely true here. So I always like if somebody can actually figure out something I would like and give it to me, you know, again, I don't want to have to make that list. It feels like begging. It feels like asking. It feels like you're, you're look, you're focusing on the wrong thing over the Christmas season, which is, you know, it used to be about getting and at some point, hopefully it, it, it turns around completely and it becomes about giving and not just of physical things, but just of your time, of your understanding, of getting families together and appreciating the time that you have. Again, last Christmas, my mom's cousin and my wife's grandmother were both here. They're not this year. It's, uh, it's a very clear, different vibe around the holiday season. I've talked a little bit about the stuff that my dad's gone through after getting a hip surgery and then getting an infection that almost killed him. Uh, there was a really good chance he wasn't going to be here this Christmas. And that's not something that we even thought would be on the table last year. So things can change fairly quickly. And a couple, two years ago, we've talked about multiple times, my buddy, Tom, who died way too young, who does the guitar intro that we're using here on the show. You know, again, you don't always know what's going to happen. So look at the holidays in a completely different way. If you can break free of the, of the worrying about presents, you know, break free of the things that are all just complete and utter bull crap and focus. You know, if you're not religious, that's fine. I mean, Christmas is a religious holiday. I hate to tell you, but if you're not religious, that's fine. Nobody's holding that against you, but Understand that Christmas is about the birth of Jesus and not about, uh, not about how you can keep Apple in business or how you can keep, uh, you know, maybe it's wrong to, uh, to focus on them, but I know a lot of people want those Apple products and they're not cheap, but you know, don't focus upon making those companies rich, enrich your own lives by spending time with the people that you care about. And it doesn't always have to be your family. I mean, some people don't like their family and that's fine too, but focus on doing good, 
give to a charity. I mean, that's something that you can also do too. You know, maybe put that on your Christmas list the next time somebody asks you, you know, pass it forward, you know, push it forward, do what you can to make the world a better place and follow in the spirit of Christmas as opposed to the, as opposed to the, the commercial part of Christmas. And it's hard to do at times. I understand that because there's that pressure on us to focus on those things. And you really have to, uh, you almost have to get together with your family and friends beforehand and have a little bit of a conversation and be like, you know, Hey, maybe we should stop the insanity that we always go through and, uh, everybody just buy themselves a present and let's get together for drinks and dinner. But as the holidays come, we reminisce, we think about those that have come before and, uh, along with the, the birthday calls for my, uh, for my grandmother, one of my favorite stories, which I think kind of explains a little bit about my mentality, which I've always kind of had, was a story that she loved to tell is when I was a kid, still in a crib, which is hard to believe because I was pretty much, you know, born six foot tall, but I was still in a crib. She was babysitting and she would put me down to go to sleep, allegedly. And by the time that she walked out of my bedroom down the hallway, which is maybe 10 feet or so, and got to the staircase to go down, I had already gotten out of the crib doing a fireman's uh, slide down the side of the crib like it was a fireman pole, and, uh, and I was following her down the stairs. And she always loved to tell that story. I mean, I guess I was a little bit of a difficult child, um, and it was always fun. When, when grandma babysat, because, uh, I remember watching Saturday night live when grandma babysat, never when my parents were home, I would be in bed by the time Saturday night live was, uh, was starting. But those days of, uh, John Belushi, Dan Aykroyd, Chevy Chase, Jane Curtin, uh, Garrett Morris. I remember watching a lot of episodes of Saturday night live live when my parents would go out for dinner, or would be away for a weekend and grandma would be babysitting. And believe it or not, I actually watch SCTV after a few of those. So uh, my sense of humor, or the, the warped so sense of humor, might be uh, a little bit to be blamed on Grandma as well. But I, I fondly remember those times. Uh, I don't think my grandmother ever yelled at me. I'm sure she did, but it's one of those things, again, you look back and you don't quite remember you know, the bad. You, you look at the good, you look at the the things. And she was, she was a sweet aholic. So we're going to be having some sweets this weekend in honor of her and, uh, and, and fondly remembering all of the, the way she enriched our life, both through her actions and, uh, and just the way that she made you feel special. And that is, that's something, I mean, really around the holiday season, I don't think there could be a better role model to go. And, uh, the <laughs> last thing, uh, she didn't like Bruce Springsteen much, my grandma, but she really liked Clarence Clemens. I remember playing born to run and most of the songs she was like, yeah, I don't really like that. But when Clarence would start playing that saxophone, she loved it. She would say, that's a whole different song. So my wish for you this holiday season is that you have a great one 
without stress, filled with family and friends, getting together, enjoying each other, and living every moment to its fullest. And feel free to let us know what you're liking about this podcast, what you're not. You can reach us at randomthoughtspodcast at gmail.com, and you can follow me on Twitter at Darren O'Neill, D-A-R-R-E-N-O-N-E-I-L-L. We'll be back with you again shortly. Until next time, happy holidays. God bless you. I'm Darren O'Neill. Thanks for listening. And now for your listening pleasure, the full song of the clip that we started today's show with by my buddy Tom Wendland, who passed away a couple of years ago. This one is called Snowfall. I hope you like it. Mm -hmm.